Hello, everyone, and welcome to Show Hoppers. Today we are covering Ozark Season 1, Episode 10, The Toll. You gotta pay the troll toll. What you ever watch uh, You ever watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? No. No. no All right, no. well. well an icon- iconic episode of that show. Uh, it's, it's, it's very good. Anyway. I feel like I've heard uh, that phrase, tr- but uh, no. Well, regardless, that person, the other voice that you hear, that's Kurt. He's my former student. I'm Mr. Sal. I'm a science teacher, high school science teacher. We've both watched Ozark all the way through. We love Ozark. Uh, This is my second time watching this episode. Is this your second time watching this episode, Kurt? Yes. All right. There you have it, folks. We are double toll watchers. We like to pay double tolls. (laughs) <laughs> okay well, I mean, maybe you do I, I i prefer not to pay tolls i i will say like paying tolls is like the biggest pain in the butt especially if you don't have like a pass to get through it like if you have to i know yeah. now things are more you know now they're um uh, now now i know in new york at least now at least region where we live it's fully you, mm-hmm. know, you don't there is no uh giving cash for tolls anymore but i remember when i had to do that terrible and then having to like get the change especially if i'm traveling somewhere far i'm like i gotta pay three dollars do i have three dollars i always stress out if i didn't have the cash I'm like what if i don't have the cash what's gonna happen mm-hmm. yeah. i know seriously <laughs> what does happen at that point i don't know i think they they said they send you a bill for the entire length of the <laughs> the, the maximum toll at that oh, point oh yeah. come on yeah i think so but anyway uh, I, you know, I simultaneously love and hate how much we talk about Ozark titles because they're so bad. They're just so bad. Well, this is a wonderful and, title. You understand okay. the meaning behind this, right? Well, uh, let's save that for a minute, okay? Because uh, eventually I, I want to talk about the title. I want to do that after, though, we talk about ratings, That's okay? Fair enough. So, I, first of all, this is a supersized episode of Ozark, an hour and 20 minutes long. Uh, almost, you know, feature length movie length. Uh, not, not a complaint. I mean, it's, it's, it's there. It's, and, and it's, I don't know what I would cut. So it's, I, I love this episode. It's good stuff. Uh, I think you love this episode too. Uh, it's a season finale. So I know that you have a, a thing about season premieres and season finales where you feel like they get artificially inflated uh so maybe you tried to combat the artificial inflation and give it a nine but i know i'm gonna say you gave it a 10 interesting so i've been stuck between a nine and a 10 right okay and i'm i am on right now right now i'm on a very high nine yep that's where i am at right now i've gone back and forth on it but i i came into this with a very high nine okay so 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 right now it is not ten, but you okay. very well could be right if I if I if we go through it and I I feel charmed enough, which probably will happen, and I probably will end up giving it a ten. That's normally how this okay. goes. I think every time <laughs> I've given like a high nine, I'm like, oh, you know what though? It's a ten. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, right yep. now it's a very high nine. Okay. Now I think you 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 gave a ten to last week's episode, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. This that's episode is not as good true. as last week's episode, in my opinion. I, I totally agree. Uh, so oh, I gotta, I gotta try to guess your rating. And I, yep. did you? 
I really it, it, same thing for you. Obviously, either a nine or a ten. Uh, you know, I'll say you gave it a ten as well. If not, I gave it a ten. I'll say you gave it a ten. I I did give it a ten. Okay. Uh, it, but I do agree that this is not as good as last week's episode. Yeah, it's probably my second favorite episode, definitely. But mm -hmm. it's a question on whether it's nine or ten out of ten. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I can very much respect that opinion. So I, I want to ask you, Mr. Stout, why do you dislike the title? I don't dislike the title. I, I just don't love the title. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Because, Does that make sense? Oh, well, I'll be honest here. I have no idea what the title means. I was just lying through my teeth. <laughs> so I've actually, I have no idea what this title. Uh, I, I'm trying to think. Like, is it? I have no idea. I really can't. So, think I mean, a toll, a toll isn't just like what you pay for use of a roadway, a roadway. Like, I mean, a toll could be just the cost of anything. So this episode yeah. could have just oh, as easily been entitled the, the cost. Yeah. The it could be like uh, Grace or mm, right. maybe his toenails. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the cost was your toenails. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, we, and we can think about all that stuff. I mean, basically oh I think the meaning of this title is they're, they're, they're trying to get us to think about all the things that have been lost along the way to where the birds currently are, you know, oh, uh, it's, you know, grace, it's Marty's toenails. It's, uh, Marty's, uh, anonymity of the private eye. Uh, it's, uh, Dell, <laughs> Garcia, so uh, it, buddy's in, buddy's innocence. You know, it, it's I, well. I guess we already knew about Bruce. I'm, I'm thinking just within <laughs> within this episode. Fair enough. So, so yeah. So I mean, I think that's what it was meant to to show. But I, you know, I feel like every episode of Ozark could be called the Toll. Yeah, but this is the season finale. It's just yeah. the Toll. Yeah, well, no, I don't love. I don't like. I don't love the title. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I really don't like the title either. So uh, you know, I think an interesting thing for us to do. Uh, oh, folks, we should tell you that since this is the season finale, next week we will not be covering a new episode of Ozark. Next week, pod. Next week's podcast will be a recap episode of season one of Ozark, where we will rank our the, all 10 episodes from our least favorite to our favorite um we'll do that individually so we, there will be some discrepancies there although apparently not at the top <laughs> so uh or at the bottom for that matter so th that's going to happen next week and something that it might be interesting for us to do kurt is to go through and uh, mention uh, our favorite and least favorite titles of the season <laughs> Okay. Yeah, that's fair. So, yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't know if I want to rank all the titles. No. Yeah. I definitely don't want to rank all the titles, but I'm willing to uh, peg a least favorite and a favorite. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. Okay. I think we will have some disagreement on that, actually. Probably. Possibly. I'll be honest. Yeah. It's hard to pick out a favorite, but I'll. <laughs> it is hard to pick. It's out also a kind favorite. of hard to pick out a least favorite, to be honest, too. They're all just kind of like pretty uh, bad. Uh, eh, I think I. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Though. I'll be thinking. So, uh, and actually, now looking at the titles, honestly, I feel like most of these titles could apply to most of the episodes, which we've talked about that as being one of the reasons why 
uh, we, I, I can't keep the episodes separate from one another. I mean, Blue Cat, how many episodes is Blue Cat? That's like a centerpiece of the episode. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, tonight, tonight we improvise. I feel like they're always improvising. <laughs> if Nest Box, if we're thinking of Nest Box as the home of the birds, the invasive species of the Ozarks, then every episode other than Sugarwood could be called Nest Box. <laughs> I mean, this box really could, because I think the biggest connection is, you know, the one you kind of pointed out with Jonah and uh, watching the birds constantly, the bird videos. But that could mm-hmm. go kind of in a lot of episodes, you know. So yeah, yeah, sure. You know, the toll, coffee black. Uh, the, the, I mean, most of these episodes, t- episode titles could go pretty much anywhere. Yeah, I feel like they're not too applicable to the main story all that much. It feels like mm-hmm. it really makes it a lot harder to remember what happened in that episode. Yeah, well, I don't. I mean, I don't. We we've already litigated the the titling of, of Ozark episodes so many times, and we'll continue to. I, I mean, I do kind of enjoy our discussion of the title at the beginning of the episode. Uh, I don't want that to go away necessarily, uh, but I also kind of hate that we have to talk about it at all. <laughs> so, anyhow, uh, let's talk about the symbols. How about that? Yeah, by all means. Oh, wait a minute. Hmm. It's a season finale. Oh, Mr. Sal, I'm glad you remembered. I'm glad you remembered. (laughs) As the listeners may or may not know, it's the first time in Ozark this will happen. Uh, I'm not going to explain it too much. There's a lot of of science and uh, math that goes into this, right? It's basically, it takes like a... If you want a full explanation, listen to the season one finale of The Leftovers. But in order to do that, you won't want to listen to just the season finale. You want to listen to the whole thing. So go back and start episode one of The Leftovers and listen to that all the way through. And in the season finale of season one, there's a full explanation of why Kurt is about to do what he does. Uh, Yeah. Short, shortest possible way to say it is to get people to watch the podcast i give away digits of mr sal's social security number now i do a new one each time this will be the fifth number you might ask how i know it i can tell just by looking at him the same way you can tell a name by looking at someone i can tell a number just by looking at him i'm 99.999 percent sure okay very confident of this that's uh, a high confidence rate. high confidence interval i'm very confident on this mr sal denies it but i know it's true anyway uh and the reason i give away this number is so that way people are are incentivized to watch it right but you don't want to start the re- the finale because you know what you don't want to pause and stop the podcast after you hear the number and then it'll get spoiled to the series so you might as well start from the beginning so that's the whole point about doing this mm-hmm. uh obviously don't do anything wrong with the number this is only the fifth number you don't have all the digits yet but obviously you know no no identity theft allowed and the the fifth number is number eight it's number eight okay number eight if you want the other digits you have to go back and find it but number eight and as usual i will not comment on that okay you don't have to your silence is deafening so we can can go on very very well (laughs) let's move on okay let's move on to the symbols then do you want to alternate like we have done in the past sometimes, but not all the times? Yeah, no, like, sure. Yeah, you, you want me to go first? Uh, sure, you can uh, go first with so, the Z. Uh, yeah, so the, the top left, that is a, that's a body. I mean, kind of like a body bag on the gurney thing, and that's yep. Garcia's dead body in the funeral home when Buddy and Marty have a bit of a talk and mm. they uh, cremate, uh, cremate his body. So, 
Boy, it's a good thing Wendy bought that funeral home, huh? Yeah, yeah, very plot uh, help, helpful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. The A, which would be the top right, mm-hmm. is Petty writing the license plate, Dell's license plate number on his hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll be honest, when I first saw that one, until I saw like what happened in the episode, I thought I someone cutting their own hand. I was like, huh. Oh, interesting. Okay. So, but <laughs> that was I saw Petty doing it. I was like, ah, okay, makes sense. Uh, third one, the R. Uh, those are bounded legs upside down. This one I don't really like that much because I, I believe they're Marty's legs when he's bound uh, when his toenails are getting ripped off. Yeah, it's the only time I remember t- two feet being tied up in this yeah, episode. But they were never upside down either. I understand they're trying to do it for the R, but yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I think that's a little forced myself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the K, the lower right hand corner, is a baby and a carrier. Of course, that's that would be Mason's unnamed baby uh, that he had in the carrier as he carried it down to the lake, and like one of the most disturbing scenes I've ever seen on television. Television. Yeah, yeah. He, he was walking with real purpose. How do you feel about these symbols, Mister Sal? Like, you know, I, I think that from, from this point forward, we should always talk about our favorite and least favorite symbol that's been used. What, what, do, you, what do you think of that? You mean for the episode, right? Not in totality. For that episode. For, okay. that, for, that, <laughs> no, for that episode. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, my least favorite is probably the legs. Okay. Uh, I So I, I think that's the most forced one. I think my least favorite, though, is the writing on the hand. Because that was such a minor bit of story in this episode yeah i'm okay with that i'm okay with the running lines i think that's real uh, prevalent enough i'm I'm okay with that okay. uh and i think my, my favorite is probably actually the baby which might i don't mm-hmm. know if you'll agree with that well uh, no i don't yeah. <laughs> because i i just i really hate that scene so much uh that's that scene for that scene alone i think that's that's maybe the only reason why i rate coffee black higher than the toll really but, oh okay uh, yeah i i, I, I well, i'll be can't. honest yeah oh the mason scenes are the reason why this i'm i'm questioning giving it a 10 exactly yeah i mean yes mason does not mason's story does not uh do the do the series many favors mm-hmm. i don't think but i do like i but in terms of the symbols and what they represent i do like the baby's obviously very prevalent and mm-hmm. Uh, when you look at it, it's not a dead giveaway on what's going on or mm-hmm. anything. It's not a big spoiler in any way, and I don't think it's too forced or anything. Oh, see, see, I think that I think it's not a big spoiler, but it definitely there's only one baby, one possible baby that it could be when you see that. So yeah. uh, my favorite is the gurney uh, because I, I, you can see you got a dead body on a gurney here, and anybody's up for grabs. It's, this could be anybody's body. Yeah, we don't know who it's going to be. Yeah, so. So I, I like that that they're telling you, you know, hey, somebody's dead, uh, but you don't know who. So <laughs> I like that. Fair enough. Well, uh, I also like that they bought a funeral home and they're using it. So. Yeah, they, they are using it. But I also I do like these set of symbols as a whole. Yeah, these are uh, not bad. These they're are pretty not good bad. symbols. They they kind of hit on different elements to the story like entirely. They're not like so you know we mm-hmm. I forget which one it was, but we had the one where it's like within three minutes we saw three or three of the symbols it was like you know insanity why <laughs> so quick after each other but these yeah definitely different parts of the story and uh yeah. even different stories like we have the the whole petty and the fbi evan story we mm-hmm. got uh 
Mason's story, and then we have yep. you know uh, two parts to the main story. So yeah, yeah, yeah. These are this is a decent set of symbols, and actually, I I I think that looking back, it might be helpful during our flash or not our flashback, our recap episode uh, to look at the symbols when we're talking about our favorites and least favorites because the symbols will help me remember the episode more than the titles will <laughs> probably yeah that's fair enough okay i'm ready to go to start running through this are you ready kurt yep i'm good to go okay all right so we open uh, marty and charlotte or i'm sorry marty and wendy are getting ready to go somewhere charlotte wants to go with them we really don't know where it is that they're going but it turns out to be that they're they're going to visit wyatt and three uh and marty or wendy i'm sorry not wendy i said it again charlotte asks marty if it was really an accident and marty confirms that it was of course we know that it wasn't but marty is here probably protecting ruth yeah i would i mean he does not want it to get out that that ruth did this uh that would be quite a betrayal for someone just against someone who just saved your life yeah i think that's only the, that's the fair thing to do mr stuff right someone someone oh. saves your life you keep the mum, right <laughs> yeah i i would think so yes so uh the we we next see ash loading up the these uh hymnals that mason's going to be or that, that are going to be used at mason's uh sea sermon and mason wonders if ash is a true believer and ash responds i like to hear you talk which, there you go yeah i oh. must be glad to hear it oh wonderful i must be doing good <laughs> wonderful yeah i don't know about that i, f- I feel like that's a, about the exact wrong thing to say to mason <laughs> uh but, i mean I, that's another situation where you might want to consider lying. Yeah, exactly. I don't know why I shouldn't bite his tongue and lie. Like, you I know, feel like, I mean, if I was in that situation, which I mean, it's a pretty far out situation, but even if it's anything like relevant, I, I feel like I would just lie. Just... Yeah, man. I, you know, you were distributing heroin. How much of a moral code do you really have? Yeah, why, like, why is this where you decided to tell the truth? <laughs> yeah, just just tell the lie and say, oh yes, yes I am. You, you actually converted me. It, it yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I, I guess you can't really say that as much as like you converted me, but I'm still, you know, dealing heroin. No, I yeah, I suppose not, but but it's a more gray it's, area, but I yeah, I, I think it's a very reasonable thing. It would have been a very reasonable thing for Ash to say. Yeah. Yes, I am. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. And it and I I would I would wager that if he had there's a fair chance Mason might have been able to keep his stuff together yeah. during the sermon. Yeah, that's definitely the case. Maybe Ash just doesn't want to lie. He just doesn't feel like faking it. Maybe he is honor bound. Like Ash never lies. So we should keep track and see if Ash ever lies. <laughs> Maybe he's been cursed at a young age and like he can only tell the truth. Oh my god. <laughs> I, mean, I see no way to disprove that yet, right? He hasn't like, had to really lie like, yet, to my knowledge. It's like the, the Jim Carrey movie, Liar Liar. He can only tell the truth. Well, there you go. Look at that. This is this is wonderful. I think I think Ash might only be able to tell the truth. Let's we'll see. Well, that that makes a little more sense as to why he didn't lie here. So, anyhow, the the birds show up at the Langmore compound, uh, which is shrinking now. It's there's only three of them left here. Yeah. Uh, they still have two trailers though, but there's only three of them left. 
and and the birds bring gifts to Ruth. You know, they bring her a basket of uh, I think what Wendy calls essentials. Uh, and Wendy, Wendy very privately uh, but very deliberately thanks Ruth. So Marty, even though he hasn't told Charlotte that Ruth did this, it seems like he has told Wendy. Okay. Which, it, you know, honestly, that is something though, because Marty and Wendy, you know, they have a lot more trust in each other than you might think based on what we saw from the from the very first episode and what we've seen between the two of them right up through the uh, the end of nest box when they had the the giant blowout so uh, but yet he is confiding in her and trusting her with this information so she she does know glad to see that happen good for them yep yep uh wyatt does not seem receptive to Marty's uh, condolences, to his offers of help, to anything. He really doesn't even talk to Marty. So why do you think Wyatt's so upset with Marty? He'll talk to Charlotte. He'll well, talk to Ruth. Why not I'm, Marty? I'm trying to... Th- when did he say he pieced it together? He does tell Ruth he, he he kind of understands, or at least he pieced a good chunk of it. Like you know, oh, we well, must have not pieced it yet because they don't know the guns are missing. So, uh, I mean, even maybe without the guns, he maybe suspects that there was some foul play between uh, Ross and Boyd and the birds, especially with Marty having a body before. Uh, and White was there for the great, you know, the uh, second episode, the great bathroom powwow. Right, the <laughs> Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah, he had no. to have been because he's the one that told he Charlotte was. about it and stuff. Yeah, so yeah, I, so he he obviously knows about that history between um, you know, uh, his dad and uncle and uh Marty. So I I don't think it's outlandish for him to blame Marty. He probably blames Marty to a degree to what happened, or kind of accredits him to his uh, dad's death. So obviously, he just doesn't want to talk to him for that reason. That's that's mm-hmm. what I take it as. I think he just kind of. Yeah, knows, I think he, he knows more than three does, and he uh, mm-hmm. he's realized more than three has, so he's he's more resenting. Yeah, I mean, I guess I, I guess you're probably right. I guess my thought, my thinking on the matter was, he he knows that Russ and Boyd kind of brought this on themselves. They were going to kidnap Marty, and something went wrong. Uh, so I I'm not sure what he has to be upset about, but you know, the fact of the matter is, his father's dead. Uh, and he would not be dead, probably, if Marty weren't around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there you have it. And and that's about as far as uh, someone who is grieving like that might go. I can see that happening. Uh, you know, I think others might have a more rational view of it. But many people in their grief aren't going to see that uh, all the way through to its logical end. Uh, and they'll just see the connection that he's here. That's why my father's dead. Oh, well, yeah. It, it could also be the pain. Like you might, you know, bring some mm-hmm. pain about it. Even if you understand, like you know, it's not Marty's fault, but yeah, just him being about is what kind of caused the yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So, well, back with Mason, he's trying to give this sermon. And it's not working. He's struggling and he is really, I mean, he is struggling. It is bad. He's really on the nose with this, isn't he? He's like, yeah, oh. Jesus know that there was a traitor amongst his men. 
Uh, but that's okay. <laughs> he still broke bread with Judas. So like, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he's really, it seems like he's just trying to convert everybody there, like all at once. Just like, you're all sinners and I'm going to convert you immediately. Uh, and then he just ultimately stops and demands to Ash that he talk, he be allowed to talk to Jacob. Which, I mean, this guy, Mr. Sal. Yeah, I just thought of a great solution to Jacob and Darlene's issue. Why their don't issue you... being distribution? Distribution, yeah. Mm-hmm. Why not get another water preacher? But like under their payroll. <laughs> exactly. Why not just make Ash a water preacher? Ash can't lie though. Okay. So you gotta get someone else. You can't get Ash. Ash can't <laughs> okay. lie. Yeah, no, sorry. But yeah, you get someone else. Surely yeah. you have someone else that can lie. And then, could you, yeah, why not do that? That'd be you know, really that's not a bad idea. You know what might be a better idea though? What? Just sell everything to the to a Mexican cartel and have them distribute it. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> I think I think I think they'd say yes to that deal. <laughs> I think that they might. Let's go to the blue cat, shall we? Yeah. Rachel is there. She's examining the walls where the money was hidden. Remember in the last episode, the birds hid, wow, who was it, $50 million? Is that what it was? Mm-hmm. In the walls of one of the rooms of the blue cat. And Rachel is a little suspicious, and she's just kind of examining those walls. She doesn't crack one open yet. But she's just examining them. Yep. So, uh, so Mason does ultimately get his demand met. He gets to talk to Jacob, and Jacob doesn't really, you know, force him to do anything. He kind of, he more or less cuts him loose and says, "You were always free. Life is all about choice. Right now, all either of us can do is accept that." Which is, we know, very foreboding. This is some like uh, Wizard of Oz stuff. Like you could always go home, Dorothy. You just like yeah, yeah. Like you were always in control. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, now, I but Jacob, there's a fallacy to what Jacob is saying. Saying you know, life is all about choice, and right now, the best both of us can do is accept that, uh, because. Jacob is giving Mason this idea that you have a choice whether to work for me or not, but he's not telling him that really the choice is work for me and your wife can live or stop working for me and your wife dies. Sometimes you don't get to be told all your choices, Mr. Sal. I guess not. That's what Jacob would say back. Sometimes. Yeah. So I don't know if you noticed, but Darlene is, I think, conspicuously absent from the yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah. So you tell me, I was like, ah, she's probably doing the deed now. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Because honestly, she's. Have we seen Darlene without Jacob yet, or Jacob without Darlene? Uh, not in the same scene. I think, like, obviously, I think when we first met, uh, like Jacob, I don't think Darlene was around for a good chunk of him talking to Bobby Dean. But yeah, for, I think for the most part, they've always been together. Yeah, yeah I mean, even in that first scene, as soon as he finishes chopping his wood and hugging Bobby Dean, he yells up to the house, Darlene, it's the right. lemonade. Yeah, yeah, so, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so 
yeah yeah so i think that they're they've been together in every every scene that we've seen this is the first time we see one without the other i think uh and uh, boy i felt her absence when i watched this scene yeah you know uh, wendy and darlene could be the same person i suppose they've never shared a scene have they yeah we'll have to keep note of that as well but yeah darlene is <laughs> definitely i mean there's i guess this episode shows it pretty well so like the I mean, they've already shown up until now but like the the differences between jacob and darlene right mm-hmm. jacob's well i mean maybe you wouldn't call him calm he's definitely more calm than darlene right tries to yep. think his way through problems darlene would much rather get rid of the problem i just oh yeah the person right just the kind of the whole like stalin quote no man no problem <laughs> type of thing yeah and boy, is that going to bear fruit by the end of this episode. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it, you're absolutely right. Uh, Jake, Jacob uh, seems like he's a lot more patient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I think, you know, Jacob is, is, is very willing to eliminate a problem if need be. But he wants to give it a, a chance to eliminate, to be eliminated of its own accord first. Mm-hmm. Darlene doesn't want to give uh, that choice. So anyway, but I, like, as I was saying, I, I really felt her absence. It was like, man, this something's not right about this scene. Obviously, Jacob is, is, is foreshadowing something here, but Darlene is nowhere to be seen. She's probably off doing it right now. So yeah, it was, it was something. Good scene, uh, as, as Mason scenes go anyway. So, all right, we finally get back to Marty, uh, who is setting up the trampoline. And as he, I mean, you know, Wendy sees this and this, this is like, this trampoline has been something that has shown up a couple of times already this season. We saw the kids on it in Kaleidoscope. They're watching a movie uh, in the backyard. We saw Marty when he was about to die, or when he thought he was about to die, in the very first episode. He flashed back, and the, the one of his flashbacks was him underneath this trampoline. So this trampoline is kind of a symbol of, I think, Marty feeling at home. And so here he is setting it up uh, in in their yard in the Ozarks. Yeah, now it's finally a home. It's like now yep. things are looking great. Uh, it's a really, really comfortable nest box we got here. Why anyway. do they always show them like they always show Marty so happy right before super bad news comes, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's all yeah. relaxed. He's even telling Wendy, yeah, we're yeah. good to go. Just you, you don't get to take a breath, Marty, yeah. because as soon as you finish setting this trampoline up, you get a call from Jacob. And he says, Jacob tells Marty, I respect the preacher's decision, but he's going to have to respect the consequences. So the, this, the deed's done. Like it, it's, it's going down now. Uh, and yeah, we're, we're going we're gonna to find out pretty quick because Mason next scene returns home to find the baby, but no grace. Yeah, you don't want that to happen. Yep. Actually, this, I think this is kind of intercut with this telephone conversation with uh, between uh, Jacob and Marty because this is where Jacob says to to Marty, "Grace is past saving. 
it's your own family on the line now. Yep. Yep. So you now now Marty's family is the next one on the chopping block. Yeah. The buffer's gone. <laughs> yep. All right. Then we get the symbols. Uh, and we're and we're back to uh, Marty and Wendy. And Marty tells Wendy to take the kids and go somewhere. He'll call when it's safe and they exchange you know, a, a pretty emotional moment. And, and the reason that he's he's sending the kids and, and Wendy off is because the the um, Mexican henchman who we now know has, has a name and it's Garcia. Uh, Garcia is still there watching them. Uh, and now that Jacob has made this play against Mason's wife, Jacob and Darlene are 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 seemingly targeting the birds next so marty says you know we've we've got jacob and darlene on our on our backs we've got garcia in our driveway you got to get out of here uh just take the kids and drive don't hug me don't say goodbye just you know just do this thing and and it's pretty emotional for them they they seem they both seem like they don't want this yeah that's a lot of driving so <laughs> exactly no, no yeah but obviously it's uh terrible to uh yeah. for that to happen and pretty stressful so. Mm-hmm. so wendy goes inside she tries to wrangle up the kids to pack essentials and so they can go to kansas city and, and they kind of piece together that marty's not coming and this is this is distressing to both the kids as we'll see more of later. Anyway, uh, Marty makes a proposition to Jacob. So he goes he, to kind of head this off at the pass and, and see if he can uh, figure the, uh, make peace with Jacob and Darlene right off the bat before it gets too ugly. He says to Jacob that he's, gonna, he's willing to buy all the product, all of their product every week. And he will launder the portion of the money that Bobby Dean used to cover. So Marty is volunteering. He's already got to launder 50 million for Dell. He's now volunteering to take on more uh, from what he's got to launder for Jacob. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how he thinks he's going to do that. Well, I guess we, we're going to find out later how he thinks he's going to do that. But that's the plan. And Jacob seems like... There's a possibility here, but Darlene says that she thinks the juice isn't worth the squeeze. <laughs> uh, Which I, you know what? I'm with that. Like, I don't, orange juice, fresh orange juice, too much effort. Oh, I totally agree. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I think Darlene's totally agree. good. <laughs> the juice isn't worth the squeeze. Jacob, though, uh, continues talking with Marty and expresses his predicament that his wife's not on board. You know, uh, he tells the story of uh, the swallowed up church after they they built the dam and flooded their land. Uh, one of the things that was swallowed up wasn't just the, the bodies of Jacob's ancestors, but also this church. And you hear sometimes the bell of the church and some think it's a call to worship and others think it's a harbinger of death. And Jacob says today it was both next time. It's up to you. Very Ouch. foreboding. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So uh, we're we're gonna see, or we have. I shouldn't say we're going to see. We have seen 
quite a, a contrast here between the way Jacob and Darlene operate uh, running their business as husband and wife and the way Marty and Wendy operate running their business as husband and wife. Because I get the impression, you know, if, if somebody came to Marty in a similar situation with a similar offer, Marty wouldn't care what Wendy had to say about it. He would either do it or not as he saw fit. Exactly. Yeah. Jacob feels torn between what he thinks might be the right thing to do and what Darlene thinks. Mm-hmm. So, so that, that juxtaposition is, is pretty interesting. All right. Uh, so back at the bird house, Garcia watches Jonah go into the woods. So we know what's in the woods. We know that last episode, uh, Jonah bought this uh, assault rifle and buried it in the woods uh, for use on a rainy day, I guess. Uh, this is such a day, in fact. It's storming, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, and so he, Garcia watches Jonah go into the woods. And when Jonah returns with his rifle, uh, Wendy and Charlotte think he's pointing it at them. He comes into the house pointing the rifle right at Wendy and Charlotte. And they're like freaking out, <laughs> trying to figure out why he has an assault rifle pointed at them. But it turns out, Garcia is right behind them in the house and he knows they're trying to leave. And this this scene is so, it's so tense. Oh my gosh. It's it's like this this Garcia just so works confident. his way. Oh, he works his way toward Jonah totally confident that Jonah will not pull the trigger on him. Uh, this is, I wish Garcia was more lax even about it. Like, ah, you won't shoot me, Jonah. It's okay. Don't worry about it, man. Come on. Let me get up yeah. close to you. But I do love I do love how calm he is until Jonah does try to shoot him. Oh. And then he oh, gets and so then furious. Oh, my God. He, I mean, he just goes after Jonah as soon as he tries to shoot him. And we know the whole time that this gun's not loaded because we saw Buddy unload it last week or last episode, I should say. Yep. So. So, yeah, it, I mean, it, this is this is rough. We we know that Jonah has he, he has no play here. If he doesn't pull the trigger, Garcia gets to him and takes the gun from him. If he does, Garcia knows that, that gun's not loaded and he's going to be pissed. He pulls the trigger, which I mean, but that's pretty telling of Jonah. Mm-hmm. Jo- Jonah was willing to do it. He's capable of killing someone. Seems like it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that, uh, at that point, the birds uh, are saved because this is buddy to the rescue so even though he took the bullets out of jonah's gun he just didn't want to want jonah to make himself a killer buddy will do that for him he's running low on books so he took (laughs) (laughs) this is this reminds me a lot you know minor minor spoilers for lost here i won't use names yeah i was thinking of this too yeah yeah. (laughs) exactly Uh, so, so the episode the 23rd psalm you know, you somebody doesn't want someone else to become a killer, so they they do the killing for that person. Oh, we were thinking about different so. things from last. Oh, really? What were you I, thinking? I about? was thinking about a, a similar situation in which a, a gun clicks. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So. There's that too. <laughs> so, what episode was that? Do you remember? Yeah, it's um solitary. 
Oh yeah, that's right. Okay. Yep. So it is always very telling when the trigger is pulled, even if the gun doesn't work. Yeah. So very telling. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yes. But the birds leave and and Buddy fires that gun, takes out a window. We know what happened inside. We don't have to see it. Uh, and suddenly, Buddy is fully involved in the bird's dealings. He's all in. Yeah. Yep. Which I love that. I don't, how do you feel about that? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I love it. I, obviously, I mean, there's big curiosity to, you know, what's mm -hmm. Buddy's real history? You know, why? You know, just, just more about him in general. We've had him talk a bit, right, about his uh, past, but nothing too much. And obviously, he's, for the most part, just kind of been a side character. They put in just once in a while. His only real relevance to the plot has been his house and some of his talking with Joan then kind of uh, blossoming his interest in uh, guns. But yeah, mm -hmm. besides that, not too much with Buddy. Besides, you know, sort of talk to you and that stuff. So, yeah, it's great to see a buddy get more involved and uh, mm -hmm. excited for season two, buddy. Yeah, and he does not hesitate. I mean, he's he's going to do this. He He's going to defend the birds. It really it's, questions it's... his history because even uh, later, mm -hmm. right, when he talks to Marty, it really puts it like, oh, what, what are the things you've done, buddy? Like, what are the things you've done? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, our buddy, Sheriff Nick's is going to pay a visit to Jacob and Darlene. Regarding Grace. Yes. They, of, they of course, deny ha anything to do with Grace at all. Uh, and they, inf they inform him. Uh, they ask, is, is there a body? And, of course, the sheriff says no. And that means there's no crime scene. So they even, though, they, they even deny producing heroin. They they say that we would need to harvest the flowers uh, before the flowers bloom. Yes. But you see us selling them at the market. <laughs> well, so. I love that. Love that great evidence of, so therefore, oh, yeah. you can't be making heroin. Yeah, but yeah. Could, could you well, only be selling some of the flowers? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So uh, now this is interesting because they, they go on to say, you know, what kind of business do you do with Marty Bird? Actually, Sheriff Nick says that. And they tell him he owes us a debt. And the sheriff wonders how big that debt is. And they tell him it's bigger than yours. So it would seem that Sheriff Nix is in the pocket of the Snells. To a degree. To a degree. He seems like he's in the right. pocket, but doesn't want to be in the pocket. Because he does right. He does tell him he will peg him for this if he if he finds out they, they've done it. But I mean, he also doesn't seem to know about the heroin, at least explicitly. So, yeah, it, I, I mean, I, I thought that he was more in on this with him than he is, apparently. Yeah, so. I, I feel I, I'm not quite sure if he is in on the heroin or not. Like he might know he might be very confident they're selling heroin. And he was just kind of mm -hmm. saying that. That's just a, as a thing, and then just doing the little song and dance of all, but we don't sell heroin, sir. It's like, yeah, sure, yeah. you don't. <laughs> well, this is this seems like uh, this is the first time I think that we've seen Sheriff Nix interact with the Snells, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. 
All right. So, but now Wendy has been suspicious that Sheriff Nix kind of knows what's going on with the Snells, hasn't she been? Yeah, I mean, look, the sheriff probably knows to a degree. Like he probably knows that they are uh, making, like they're making heroin at their mm -hmm. uh, place. But we kind of know his like um thought process of you know he's saving the taxpayer money, right? He's only really dealing with relevant crimes mm -hmm. that he he you know he deems worthy enough, or you know that yeah that warrant the behavior, and he might go, you know what, people dealing drugs not worth my time right like I, I, yeah, i've only got this many people this big of a lake you know and you know they kind of regulate themselves i'll worry about you know some of the other stuff so see i think that's just a story that he tells marty and wendy uh when his real motivation is not to piss off the snells i mean you remember when bobby dean died and wendy uh you know asked him you know was it an overdose and he said to them Look, it's better for everybody if we call this an overdose. So yeah, uh, that, that's true. You might not want to get on the bad side of the Snells as well. That's actually a really good yeah. point. He does really press yeah. this to Evans later. Yes, exactly. All right. So Marty gets home and he finds the dead Garcia's dead body and he finds and buddies there too. And they together take that body to the crematorium that they just bought. How convenient. Very fantastic. Uh, and Garcia, before they push him into the fire, gets a phone call. Uh, and Marty is, is assuming that that is probably Dell. But Marty says to Buddy, you know, you just signed my death warrant by killing this guy. <laughs> so, which oh, is wow. probably, he's probably right. <laughs> he's probably correct. But I guess Buddy didn't have much of a choice. No. So that's kind of is what it is. Even if Buddy, like, let him get away that i think uh, marty's death warrant would have been signed or something yeah. close enough to that i mean so. i mean to, and well to be honest with you i mean marty probably could have played it off if buddy was willing to go along with it as though buddy didn't know who this guy was he just came into the house and was going after jonah and so buddy took him out what well, else should he probably do? ask like why did he come into the house right and I, I mean, he, he seems to be trusting of this guy. Yes and no, because later he does. He is a little critical of him later on. No, but I think that's just him giving like, like a like an elbow nudge to Marty. Like, hey, you got me this deal. I'll look the other way. Okay. So yeah, that, maybe. I think that's more of like a giving him some. Uh, well, Del Del's also not top of the food chain in the cartel. Like he reports up to some people too. He does, but he definitely seems. Uh, but, uh, but what he reports up is up to his own stuff. So, he, you know, what, what did he say he reported up? That um, I uh, did some dark business or something. Worked on some, you know, dark business and was too ambitious, right? He's always been, he's always been too ambitious. So, right. I mean, yeah, he could just falsely report something. And if he's confident, he could get away with the whatever. Yeah. Yeah. No harm, no foul. Uh, okay. But I also want to highlight here that while Marty and Buddy are talking, he does make a note about, like, you know, Buddy did not want to throw the body in the lake like Marty did because Buddy mm -hmm. knows they have a tendency to float up even if you puncture the lungs. Oh. So that is that is a that is something I don't think you normally would know. So that, that really puts me into question on you know uh. Buddy's history up until now. You know how is this this first person he's killed? I don't know. <laughs> how I don't know. 
That's a great point. I, I did I did overlook that. That's interesting. Huh. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, after the after the burning, Marty calls Wendy, uh, who's in a motel room with the kids, uh, and tells her to be at some athletic field in Illinois at two o'clock. And it doesn't sound like he plans to be there. Oh. Right? Oh. Yeah. I think, but I think he says he's going to be there. He says, "Meet me there." Does he? He does say that. Yeah, because when I, they later get there, they're surprised he isn't there. See, I thought he said, "You need to be at." You're right. Not, he you, that. you need to meet me at. I thought he told them <laughs> that he's going to meet them there, but I can't. Now I can't remember. I, I thought it was pretty ambiguous the whole time, but uh, well, regardless, he's not going to meet them there. He's not, yeah, he's not, he will not be so, there. So, yeah. But yeah, so uh, be, be, but be in Illinois by 2 p.m. Right. Uh, yeah. Whatever. All right. All right. Back at the Blue Cat, uh, Petty is just drinking on the dock where Russ, and, where Russ died. Uh, and Rachel is out doing her, uh, she's pushing the cleaning cart. And Petty starts questioning Rachel about it. Uh, you know, did you wire the dock? Do you know who did wire the dock? Uh, if you and then he finally concludes with, if, if there were, you thought there was anything strange going on, I'm sure there are people you could talk to. Uh, and so, kind of puts in Rachel's head the idea that th- this is not just an accident. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, Marty makes another visit to the Hall of Records. I, I like when he goes to the Hall of Records. <laughs> well, how far I has really he even been there? He, he was there for uh, episode two when he was looking for a business. Yeah. Uh, but I liked that. Yeah. I liked that a lot. And I like this too. Well. <laughs> it's super fun. You know, when he goes to the Hall of Records, you're like, ah, he's got a plan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's plotting <laughs> something. He's, he's got a, yeah. an idea. Yep. And he looks up the Snell Ranch uh, and how their property connects to the Missouri River specifically. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Back at the Blue Cat, Rachel, uh, the curiosity has gotten the best of her. I think Petty has kind of incepted her with the idea that maybe things are not what they seem. And Rachel rips down the wall and th- reveals all that money sitting in the wall and takes some of it. Just a small fraction of all that money in yep. the wall. But yeah. Yep. Enough to fill a laundry bag. <laughs> yeah. How much do you think you can fit in a laundry bag? Assuming that's hundreds, is what I think it is. Uh, I, I, th- I thought it was twenties. But that's criminal if it's twenties. <laughs> let's say let's let's uh, let's say that every like package of money is a thousand dollars. Only. If it's twenties, that's Mr. Stop. Fifty dollars is twenty. That that's got to at least be ten. Or fifty bills. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do let's do ten thousand. I think ten thousand is more reasonable for like those. Yeah, thick, I think thick stacks. Yeah, you're probably right. Okay, so so every one of those thick stacks is ten thousand dollars. Say, she fills her laundry bag. How much money do you think that is? I think it's even more than ten thousand. To be honest, each thick stack. But assuming that, I think that's. Eh. I think you put like 150 in there. Okay. 100 maybe. I think 150. 150,000? 
or 150 stacks. 150 stacks or uh, 1.5. Wait, million? Yeah, million. So you think she took over 150th of all the money? Yeah, I mean, th that panels quite a bit, I feel like. Yeah, if I had to guess. No, but forget about the panel. She can, she, all she's got a laundry bag. So she, it's whatever she can fit in that laundry bag. Oh, you're right. She might have left some up there. Uh, well, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe just a million. Maybe she got a million. It's, it's possible she got a million. Maybe less. You, you think it less? I, I, th I think, I think maybe. I, I think if she's smart, it was less. <laughs> I, I I didn't think of it like that. If she's smart, it's less. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you want to take too much of this money. I can see wanting to take a you know couple I, stacks for yourself. I mean, I mean, but just tell. I feel like she's gone beyond uh, a couple stacks. You know what I mean? Like she has oh, taken. Yeah. I think ah, I don't know, she took a whole laundry bag's worth. Maybe yeah, she filled the laundry bag. Yeah, it's a hundred stacks. That's that's still a million. Yeah. Well, do you think? Do you think? Oh, how many stacks do you think she took? Uh, fifty. Okay. It's only five hundred thousand. See that? Yeah. See, if you're doing the type of play, I feel like if you you've got to have enough to retire, like yeah, right then and there, right? That's that's the only real part I'd I'd go for that. Or if I think I'm at risk and I can't go to the cops, like you know, I'm too deep in and I'm I'm gonna leave anyway. Maybe I'll leave with some money. No. I don't know. It kind of depends, but yeah, whatever. Fair enough. She has a laundry bag full of money. Yes. The power you must feel right there walking around. Aha. Yeah. Actually, I don't know about power. I'd feel terror. I know. Actually, around. I would too. I, I remember, um, you know, having to get like a lot of cash when I having to buy myself a car or something and having a lot of cash. I mean, I'm kind of like, oh, mm -hmm. no. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I, I really hope I don't get an accident or something or I like open up the i'm outside and i the money blows away in the wind yeah <laughs> exactly i remember the first time i had uh, maybe the only time i had like in cash like five thousand dollars in cash i was like oh my god i'm so nervous i'm so nervous i'm so like i, I could not get to the bank fast enough <laughs> to deposit that money yeah, yeah oh man crazy. yeah so uh her terror, if she's feeling terror, it's justified because when she walks back into the into the bar, Dell is there playing pool. Yeah. And oh, looking no. for Marty. That was like a human lie detector, right? Like you. Just seriously, yeah. Yep. And I mean, if Rachel wasn't terrified before, she's terrified now. But on his way out, Petty sees Dell and he writes down Dell's license plate on his hand. And then Petty goes and talks to Evans and tells him the plan. The plan is to bring Marty in and Dell in, to bring them both in, so that Marty has no choice but to turn. It only works if he brings them both in and that they see each other, or at least Marty sees Dell. Yeah, and this is a great plan. I think. It is. It's a it's a big big risk, but I think mm -hmm. I think it would work as long as you keep the perception up to Marty that they've that you know Dell thinks he's turned or mm -hmm. just the the big fear of it yeah definitely put it into uh Dell's head yeah it's good yep hey let's go visit the Langmores again shall we that, love the Langmores <laughs> yep me too so Wyatt is burning his father's clothes 
burning Russ's clothes. And Ruth talks to him, talks him out of burning uh, some of the stuff because she says, you're going to want it someday. Uh, while he's doing that, three comes out and has noticed that the guns are missing. The end. Hmm. Rachel, back at the Blue Cat, decides or is getting into her car she leaves with one last look at the blue cat and this is the last we see of rachel in this episode yeah it's also a note to say that she you know puts the bag of money but also some other bags in a suitcase and whatnot so it definitely looks like yeah. she's uh she's she's uh off she's going yep exactly so so much for her kicking marty out of the blue cat she's just leaving the blue cat all right we are at that athletic field in Illinois and Wendy and the kids are meeting with this private investigator. Uh, we've, we know this private investigator from episode one and we know that Marty hired him to follow Wendy because Marty suspected Wendy was having an affair, which she was. The private investigator gives uh, Wendy and the kids new IDs, but there isn't one for Marty. But he does tell Wendy that he was hired to do this the day before they left Chicago. So this has been in the works. Uh, Wendy wants to know when he was hired to do this because she's trying to piece together a timeline. Yes. If if Marty just had this done, it's a very worrying sign for Marty. Marty had this done way before. He might just be cautious. You know what I mean? Okay, so uh, I, I had I a little different. Ta- I have a different take on it. I think that she wanted to know because it meant something to her that he had this done after he knew oh, that. Yeah, after knowing she had an affair. Oh yeah. So okay. he knew she had an affair, and he still he still had this done for her. Yeah. That's so true. you know, <laughs> it, as as that would as, be super awkward though for the kids. Here's your new identity. <laughs> <laughs> when it's like, what about mine? <laughs> Sorry about that one. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah, but no, this is as Darlene would say, this is a gesture on Marty's part. Fair enough. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I, I think, I think it makes her feel like Marty, even knowing about the affair, was looking out for her. But it's there is a possibility that it makes her feel like he was he was planning to leave them. So no, I mean I don't think she did think on that too much that he planned. To, I mean, do do you mean like as if Marty runs off or that Marty? Right. Um, but tells I guess them, save yourselves because I don't think that's the case. Because if he was trying to run off, he would get himself a new identity too. Yeah. So I, yeah, I think that's just him like this is um defcon which defcon's the worst defcon one uh we'll have to ask patty levin i don't remember yeah whatever i'll, I'll say defcon <laughs> one's the worst one but uh i think yeah, that's a, right yeah so it's just you know this is like the last plan here right this is when if enough stuff hits the fan we're gonna have to uh go with this protocol here yeah what what what's the name that Jonah hates so much? Mike Fleming is that yeah, Mike name? Fleming. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to be Mike Fleming. <laughs> don't want to be Mike. What if they call me Flem? <laughs> <laughs> this is this is why you have to name your kids when they're a baby. Because if they're too grown up, you try naming them. That's this is why uh, Mason's really got good on naming uh, his kid. Yeah. Because if you yes. don't, and they grow up enough, they might, you know, then you got to take in their input. 
You yeah, know exactly. I mean? Jonah's demanding that to be called Mike Fleming. And <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of cramping on their style. I guess so. Oh man. Uh back at the back in the Ozarks, uh Dell is waiting for Marty at home. Marty has the maps out. And like he he's he wants to tell Dell about this great plan he's got, but Dell wants to know where Garcia is. Okay, uh, and that, that that's gonna, but we'll come back to that scene in a bit. But in the meantime, back at the Langmore uh, compound, Cade calls Ruth. Oh, this guy just turns my stomach. <laughs> she she fills him in on Russ and Boyd, and. All Kate has to say about it is you and me are going to talk in person. And he hangs up on her, which is just terrifying. I hate this guy so much. <laughs> oh, I really do. You don't mess with my Ruthie. Never say that again. Her name's Ruth. Okay. Don't, don't do that. You don't mess Wendy. with my... <laughs> okay. <Ruth>. E. <laughs> Don't you mess with my Ruth. Oh man. This is like if somebody messed with Nora and the in the leftovers. You don't mess with Nora for me. You don't mess with Ruth for me. I will come to her rescue. Anyway. <laughs> All right, it's getting awkward. So <laughs> Wyatt has uh, has pieced together. This is the point you were talking about earlier, where Wyatt has pieced together Russ's plan. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ruth convinces him, though, that Marty didn't kill them. And she tells Wyatt, she tells Wyatt, you know, I know it's a little weird. I'm only two years older than you, which that was a little shocking. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I was just only two. Whoa, Ruth is way younger than I thought she was. I know. I mean, we like know Wyatt's in, Wyatt's in high school and Ruth is managing a strip club. You know, <laughs> this is like. <laughs> But also, Ruth's making about a thousand a week in her area. Yeah, only nineteen. Like, yeah, she's doing pretty good. No wonder I she flipped to the birds. No I, wonder. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So good for her, man. But uh, so she, but she wants to be uh, Wyatt and Three's legal guardian. Yeah. Uh, and they they are keen for that to happen as well. They think that's a great idea. Uh, and the the reason that that she wants this is not so she can boss them around, but so that they can't get separated. Yeah. Uh, which I is a good point. Definitely the case, especially with three, with how much younger he is, but if White's still a, a minor, yeah, that that's mm-hmm. uh, certainly, I guess, maybe an issue. But mm-hmm. uh, one thing I also want to know from the scene is why, you know, when he kind of pieces this together, that at least for sure that they were going to go and try to rob uh, Marty, mm-hmm. uh, why just want to make sure three does not grow up thinking his dad was willing to kill, right? Oh, yeah, which I thought was really sweet. I'm like, oh, okay, good for yeah, good for Wyatt. That, that is really cool. nice, yeah. It is pretty amazing how insulated they keep three from everything. They, I mean, he's yeah. way younger, though. It looks like, is I he mean, way younger? I mean, I don't know, I don't know, actually. <laughs> he just seems way younger to me than Wyatt and uh, Ruth, but you know what? I thought Ruth was quite a bit older than uh. Wyatt, and that's definitely not the case. So, so let's say I think that you know Wyatt is probably I think I, I mean, se- fair to say. seventeen or eighteen. He's got he's got another year of, of high school oh, that's left true. here. Yeah, could, could he's be he's probably 
Well, he's probably a senior because we know he's looking at colleges. So uh, he's probably a senior. So he I don't may be think 18. he's 18, though, because then I, I don't think it would matter to become a Ruth to become his legal guardian at all. That's they true. can't be separated. He's 18. So I think he's 17. That's true. OK, so if he's 17, <laughs> Ruth, let's say, you know, let's say she's 20. Let's say uh, she says two years older, but let's say it's like two and a half years older. That, you know, so so let's say she's twenty. Why but, are you fudge? I, nah, nah, why are you fudging the numbers to twenty? I feel like you just got to go with nineteen. All right, fine, nineteen. But it just is. I I I'm just not sure. I'm just not sure how a nineteen-year-old can manage a strip club. Honestly, I'm not sure how a twenty-year-old can. I would think you'd have to be at least twenty-one to manage a strip club. I know but, why not? Because you can sell alcohol if you're under um. Uh, 21, like you do when you're 18. Uh, and then I think the age to get to a strip club is 18. So, no, good by all means. All right. All right. Okay. So she's 19 then. That's that's crazy to think about. I I just never have thought about Ruth as a 19 year old. Me either. Yeah. I've always thought she's like maybe in her <laughs> mid 20s. Kind yeah. That's why I just picked her yeah. Anyway. Oh, man, I wish they had just said, like, I, I know I'm th- only three years older than you or something. Three, four, like, yeah. Three, four. <laughs> something, something, like, I'm much more comfortable really with... Barred. It really it, it, it really bugged me. It was like, she's got to at least be 21, right? Like, she's got to be drinking, you. drinking age at least, right? No. Oh, man. Uh, so how old do you think three is? Three? Uh-huh. Uh, okay, so... So I think three is younger than Charlotte and Charlotte's 15, right? Uh, I think three is probably older than Jonah, though. So I'm thinking Jonah is like 13. 13, yeah. So maybe three is 14. Okay. That's what I'm thinking. That's feasible. I think that's fair for for his age. Okay, good. (laughs) Though he does seem to me like... No, whatever. That's fine. I mean, he he looks older than Jonah, but I don't. I'm not sure he acts older than Jonah. Yeah, well, Jonah does act kind of weird for his age. I'm not gonna. I won't. I won't use that as a benchmark. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, anyway, uh, this is next is the toenail scene. So it was just, just I mean, absolutely disgusting. It's very difficult to watch. Yeah. We get to. They, we, they actually show the two toenails coming off as Dell questions Marty about Garcia. Marty denies any knowledge, even after he loses those two toenails, which is pretty, you know, that's to Marty's credit. Good for you, man. You, you lied right through that. Definitely. Yeah. So, yeah. But he also convinces Dell that he has a plan for the 50 million, but that Dell needs to have an open mind. So I, I want, I want to touch on something on the scene that I really, mm-hmm really liked and it's it's so he talks to him about having this plan and mm-hmm. Dell makes a comment about you know bruce had his tell right mm-hmm. he, he was quiet oh yeah right but mm-hmm. Mar- he feels marty lies when he talks about a mile a minute is how Dell puts it okay. so judging by marty's silence he does think marty really does have something in this plan, yeah right that is and, that is very cool and so what's what's even cooler about that to me is Marty was talking a mile a minute a lot before about the Ozarks. So oh, yeah. my own, the only thing I can get from that is that Dell knew Marty was lying about his plan at the Ozarks, but 
he trusted Marty's abilities to try and get it done, or at least was willing to give him a chance. Probably, maybe he didn't really believe he had nothing to do with Bruce's, you know, uh, and Co's like robbing scheme. Yeah. And so I think that's a really sweet thing because obviously seeing in Kaleidoscope how Dell feels about Marty as well. He kind of has a mm-hmm. he has a respect for Marty, and I think that respect, you know, he knew Marty was lying to him, but still kind of let him, because uh, he respected his abilities and thought, you know. Maybe he could get it done. Interesting. See, I so that that is definitely one way to look at that, and that, that is very interesting. If that's, that's how the I case. take it. Okay. The the other this, the way I took it, and and maybe I'm 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 starting to think maybe yours is is the more correct version here. But let me just tell you how I originally uh, thought of that, and uh, see what you think. Anyway, uh, I was of the opinion that his running his mouth about the Ozarks is what clued Dell into Marty's tell. So in other words, he didn't know Marty was lying, but later when he found out that Wendy knew everything and Marty had told him in that like monologue that Wendy didn't know anything, Dell Del recognized that, oh, Marty was lying to me. And while he was lying, his, his mouth never stopped going. Yes, okay, I see what you mean. So, so I, I'm not sure which one I like better, actually, now that I say them both out loud or said to say that one out loud and heard you say yours out loud. I, I guess the defense of that one is um, even in the first episode, he learns Marty lied about his wife and mm-hmm. still to go by. Right. He still meets with him even later in that episode. Uh, right. So even if that even if the when he first brought the Ozarks, he didn't know he was lying. Definitely by the end of episode one, he knew Marty lied about that. Unless he had to think about it with some reflection, but it's not um he definitely I'm pretty sure. That. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he knew. So and I think that's a bit of a sweet thing there. A little a little like Dell giving Marty another chance. Yeah, I mean I can see that too. Like, it, this is, Marty is Dell's guy. Dell found him. You know? Yeah. Dell brought him into this. So it was, you know. I, I don't know how the uh, Mexican drug car- cartel works, but you know, if a lot of in a lot of these you know crime organizations, at least in movies, you know, if you brought in the traitor, then you're a traitor too. Oh yeah, fair enough. <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? yeah, yeah. So yeah. Anyway, uh, but interesting stuff. But it, it is interesting watching this dynamic between Marty and Dell, and that was a great point. So thanks for bringing that up. I, yeah, I really do like the dynamic between the two. It will be missed. It will be missed. Yes. Yeah. Oh man. Seriously, I I thought we got a lot more Dell in season one than we had. Yeah. So I, I think this is a testimony to how good Dell is. Yeah. Basically, it is. All I remember of Dell is everything we saw of Dell. I thought I was hoping there'd be more, but no. <laughs> it's yeah. That's exactly right. Everything you saw of him, you remember everything. It's this is it's every scene is so memorable with him. So yeah, Rip Dell. So Evans now, uh Agent Evans goes to see Nix, Sheriff Nix, uh, to pick up Dell. Okay, wants he wants Sheriff Nix to go pick up Dell for whatever. Uh but it, I mean he does tell him what they wanted to pick it up for, but it's something that happened a long time ago. Yeah, it was it like public even, intoxication or something. Yeah, too. it wasn't even a, a like a serious crime, but uh, they said Sheriff Nick says that. Oh no, yeah, one of Sheriff Nick's guides says that they found that car, Dell's car, entering 
the Snell's crap. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Compound ranch estate plantation. Nowhere in there do we say farm, which is the how they refer to it. <laughs> but anyway. Just an old timey way of saying it. Yeah, yeah. So uh Marty has brought Dell to the Snell's place. This was his idea. Okay, and he introduces Dell to the Snells. And he proposes that the cartel buy all of the Snells heroin to solve the distribution problem. That's what the Snells get out of it. What the cartel gets out of it is it mitigates the cartel's loss of 20% of their product due to seizure at the borders. Okay, at the border. So they lose 20% of their heroin just bringing it into the United States from Mexico. So by working with the Snells, that uh, their product could uh, substitute for what they lose at the border. Which yeah. this is this is a great idea. Yeah, it's a great idea, but uh, but there's more. Oh, there's more because because well well I I see what Marty's saying there. I I don't think that's a good enough reason to do this unless they'll they just want to buy more heroin. It's you know it's more of a headache. Uh, how much mm -hmm. is that? Like, you know, yeah, it gives him some more heroin to sell, but like, how much more? In compared, like, I don't know how much they're trafficking well, to the border. He, he didn't say. I don't. He does say it helps, like, you know, uh, make up for their losses, but it don't. He doesn't say mm -hmm. it makes up for all of their losses. So is that like, you know, a bit? And mm -hmm. even if you, and he's probably already factored in losing the heroin. So basically, it's it's almost the same as bringing in more heroin through the border, knowing that some of it will get caught. So it's. You know, it's, it's kind of like a cost analysis of like, well, you know, how much are they charge? I, I, there, there, I mean, there's, there's stuff to it, but I don't think and I, Adele does also make a comment on this that this is not good enough, right? Oh like, yeah, he's not so, a charity yeah. here. No, yeah, he he's so insulting through this whole thing. Honestly, like the, what Dell, what happens to Dell at the end of the scene is brought about by Dell. Yeah. You know, this is this this is you know, Darlene pulled the trigger. But this was very avoidable if Dell had any kind of, showed any kind of respect for these people. He says helping the less fortunate is not my primary motivation, which is I get his point. I understand what he's saying, but at the same time, I'm sure Marty filled him in on the way over here with uh, to the fact that the Snells are a threat, that he has accidentally taken their business away. Uh and without getting them on board he can't launder money here mm -hmm. so i'm sure that, that that's the other part of this so the snells get their distribution and the cartel gets to keep their money launderer and make up for some of that lost heroin that they lost at the border but that still isn't enough for dell so Marty proposes that the Snells flood three acres of their land so that they can put a riverboat casino on it because apparently some, some of the tributaries from the Missouri River go right onto the Snells land. So basically their land connects directly to the Missouri River. Mm -hmm. Yep. So he wants them to flood three acres of their land, put a, put a riverboat casino on it, and naturally, the Snells have an aversion to flooding their land. <laughs> Big anti-flooding -flood people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, they, I mean, we've been hit over the head with this for episodes now that the, the Snells only live up on the hill 
because their land was flooded by the power company that put the dam up. Okay, and that power company's dam flooded their land and swallowed up their ancestors' graves. Uh, so, and the, all the good farming land as well. That's why they can only grow poppies now. So they naturally uh, think that this is an absolutely ridiculous idea. But the casino boat would meet all the money laundering needs of both operations. So that's enticing, not to mention the income that it derives as well, which Marty's going to get to in a minute. They still think, the Snells still think he's stupid for even suggesting it. So then he identifies to them, this is, I think, what he needed. Well, he needed the Hall of Records to see that their land connects directly to the Missouri River. But I think he also found out there that they've been buying about 10 acres of land every year so that they gain leverage on the power company. So I'm not sure exactly how that's gaining leverage on the power company. Do you have any idea? I'm trying to think maybe if the power company has to buy more surrounding lands to mm -hmm. expand or something, then they go, not not selling to you. Yeah. Or something to that. To, I, I don't really quite understand what leverage they're trying to go for, but mm -hmm. yeah. Right. Well, whatever leverage they're going for, Marty tells them that, that casino is going to generate a lot of money and that'll allow you to get that leverage a lot faster. So at this point, all the parties are at least a little interested. The casino boat seems to have been the clincher for Dell. And however, it kind of put the Snells off a little bit. But once Marty throws in this, oh, yeah, you buy 10 acres of land every year right now with this riverboat, you could buy more. So that, that seems like what has gotten both parties fully on board now. Yeah, it's looking, looking good. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. So in the meantime, Wendy is trying to get a hold of Marty and she can't. So she calls Buddy, who tells her that Marty drove off with Dell. Uh, that is probably not what Wendy wanted to hear. No. Yeah, definitely so, not. Yeah. But Dell and Jacob decide they're going to shake on the deal. They shake. And then all hell breaks loose. As Dell says to Marty, only Marty Bird could get me to go into business with a bunch of rednecks. Now, we've been, if you've been listening to the spoiler section, we've been on redneck watch through this entire season. <laughs> uh, and I, I forget what the count, exact count is. I think this is the sixth or seventh episode this season where the, the term six. redneck yeah. Yeah, okay, has been dropped. They've been dropping it periodically throughout the season from, from episode one when Bruce calls the Lake of the Ozarks the redneck Riviera and to episode two when Marty wins Rachel's favor and gets uh, her to allow him to invest by, call, by calling out the, the, one of the patrons who was insulting um, Tuck. Uh, Tuck. It was insulting Tuck, and he calls him a redneck and gets knocked out, <laughs> and that's what kind of wins Rachel's favor. Uh, to Jacob, and I think it was episode four, Jacob telling the story to Bobby Dean about the redneck and the hillbilly walking down the, the, the lane and uh, the hillbilly is very stoic and uh, you know, peaceful and the redneck just doesn't shut up and eventually gets smited by God and smited dead. Uh, and, and then that's when they kill Bobby Dean and call him an effing redneck. 
know, late, and then the, it was either the next episode or the one after that. I think it was the very next episode where Darlene says, never trust a redneck. So the, this idea of the, the Snell's disdain for redneck, rednecks or for whoever they perceive as redneck uh, has been pervasive throughout the, the season. And so now when Dell vocally calls them rednecks and we know they do not identify as rednecks. In fact, they have no respect for rednecks. That is the last straw. Darlene cannot abide being called a redneck and takes Dell's head off. I still think you can do at that point, really. <laughs> uh, that's what Darlene thinks anyway. So this this is a bridge too far I, for Darlene. I mean, there's two things to note here, which is um, so after killing Dell, uh, his bodyguard was not ready enough because then uh, Jacob manages to snipe him off. But another mm-hmm. thing is just how matter of fact, like it's it's almost like Darlene. Um, what's what's in the good? She the, he he wanted a whole a whole milk, and she came back with like skim milk. That's just kind of how he acts in terms of like <laughs> it's like you know his manners right. about it. Like Darlene, come on, you can't. I know. This. Darlene, <laughs> oh, you ruined it, kind of. Oh, so we can fix it, Darlene. I'll go back to the shop and. Get some whole milk with Darlene. You can't be doing this. <laughs> yeah, I love how he kind of simultaneously defends her by, you know, pulling his own gun, uh, and then also, you know, reprimands her. <laughs> yeah, quote unquote reprimands. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Come on, Darlene. Yo, what are you doing? <laughs> you can't do this. You know, it, it's it's so entertaining. But it's also really disturbing. <laughs> it's really disturbing, and no wonder Darlene does not change. Oh man, it's unbelievable. Uh, he, you know, he, Marty is freaking out at this point. Yeah, he's like the only normal like, person in this room. <laughs> yeah, it's like you're, we're dead. You just killed us. We're dead. You know, and Jacob tries to calm him down. He says, "You know, you know, they'll send another Mexican. It'll be okay." <laughs> I just love that idea of like, don't worry, Mexico is full of Mexicans. Like, okay, yeah. that's technically right, but I don't think that's what you mean to say, really. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, and, and Jacob says says to him, you know, they're his his partners uh, with them now. Marty, you're 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 one of us now. Yeah, that's uh, a sweet and part we, on that. Yeah, and we know how to take care of our own. You know, you're you're home now. Relax. Maybe go get yourself frozen custard. Oh my God, I love that line. <laughs> and let Darlene and me take care of this mess. You know, it, it's it's so it's so folksy, but it's also like if anything's gonna set Marty at ease here, it's like oh, like finally, you two have accepted me. Yeah. Like I don't have to worry about you two anymore. <laughs> Which is something, you know. So he went from two problems uh, to zero to one. So yeah, overall, exactly. It's going okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That one's a pretty big one, though. Yeah, cartels a pretty big thing. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But they, Marty does leave. He takes Dell's car and drives right into the police barricade that Evans uh, has set up there. Is there anything else you wanted to say about this scene with the uh, Snells no, and Dell? No, no. Okay. I, I just love every bit of this scene. Like this, yeah, oh, this scene, this scene makes the episode to me. 
you know, w- without this scene, this episode, you know, it's it's it might still be a nine, but it might even be an eight. Like I, this scene, this scene is so necessary for this whole season. It, it's 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 a real it's a real shocker, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think there's any way you could. It's the type of shock where you know it kind of makes it makes sense. You look at it, you go, it's not like they really just took that out of nowhere because you know mm-hmm. the Snells hate. They don't like rednecks, period. And if you call them a redneck, we've never seen that happen, right? And uh, clearly not a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting. There are, there are a few scenes in Ozark that I consider like iconic Ozark scenes. You know, Eugenia getting hit by a garbage truck. That's one Another to one. me. Uh, this, this scene for sure. You know, the, 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 uh, Dell's insult calling them rednecks and getting his head blown off yeah. is uh, you know an iconic Ozark scene I can yeah. think of you know in later seasons somewhere in a later season we're going to see a, a scene in a taxi that I think is an iconic Ozark scene mm-hmm. um, you know there, there's a scene never mind I don't want to get too yeah he's not, he's that. not going on that but yeah, yeah. Great. you don't expect but, Dell to be at the chopping block at all and then boom yeah but when you, when I think about Ozark I think about this scene this <laughs> like, is a really great scene yes yeah yeah it, it, it it's it, it upped the ante on the series as a whole when Dell died just suddenly it wasn't like he was down on his knees with the gun to his head you know begging for his life it's yeah or like turns around yeah. yeah it's just he turns around and he's just gone like one one minute you know Dell's got his arm around Marty and the next minute Dell doesn't have a head yeah like it's it's unbelievable. So this is this is a this is a great scene, but it's not just because of the shock value of Dell getting his head blown off. It's watching Marty negotiate this deal between these two set, two such different entities here. Mm-hmm. So you know, that's that's part of it. It's watching the Snells afterwards, their response being so calm and actually welcoming for Marty, like welcome home. You know, you're one of us now. It's 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 really it's it's so good. This scene makes the episode for me. I love it. Okay, so Marty has driven into the police barricade. Evans is like extremely disappointed that Dell isn't in the car, and he wants to go storm the house. Nix Nix is that. <laughs> this is the second time I've been able to do that in this in this season. Sheriff Nix nixes the idea of Evans going to storm the house. Uh, he says the warrant was for the car, and we have the car. So nothing Evans can do. Evans is stuck, and because Evans can't do anything, Petty throws an absolute diaper baby fit. A real ranger, yeah. Oh man, I mean, he throws. I mean, everything we can all relate can. to this. You know what I mean? I don't know. I've never trashed a hotel room like this. Ah, this I is actually. All, I think we'd all relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, I've I've definitely raged before, but I I don't think I've ever trashed a hotel. You never, I know, you never just smashed the TV, like rip it off the wall, and no, smash it. No, really? no, no. I I've never smashed a, a piece of electronic equipment or a window or anything like that. Like never, he, th- never, he throws... never smashed the TV. No. He was, I like, I like how he's just going all out. Like he is. Oh. Just... Anything that's not bolted down, he is throwing. Even if it is bolted down, I'm sure he's ripping it off if he can. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't think that's the limiting factor. Like, I mean... 
<laughs> yeah. Oh man. All right. Well, Marty knows that Grace is gone, that Grace is dead. Uh, but for some reason, he still goes to visit Mason. I was a little surprised to see this. How did you feel about this? Me too. I don't really. Um... Yeah, I don't really know why he'd be visiting Mason after, especially he burned down his church and stuff. It just seems like a. Yeah. I mean, wh- like why Marty did it? I mean, he might be. He might feel guilty. He might be self reflecting right now a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. With what happened uh, last night. It just yeah. yeah stuff that's happened so it, it might be i think mostly guilt of marty going there yeah maybe i mean he's not gonna <laughs> none of that's gonna be assuaged by mason as we're gonna find out here yeah. but uh, you know Ma- mason's a complete mess you know, he hasn't even named the baby because he says why would i want to keep a baby alive in this world which is a terrifying to hear thing maybe, to hear maybe he asked like you know i said it was a bad thing to wait to name a baby like naming Jonah and Mike Fleming. Maybe, but maybe Mason says the good in it. Maybe he can't think of any good names, so he wants to mm-hmm. wait till the baby grows up and be like, "Hey, what do you want to be named?" Well, the, I think it's pretty obvious that the real reason why he hasn't <laughs> named the baby is because he doesn't want to get attached to the baby. Yeah, because yeah. Uh, name naming it is a, is a level of attachment. So as long as it doesn't have a name, it's just some you know baby. Uh, he doesn't need to feel like he needs to be attached to it because he doesn't think it's worth keeping a baby alive, which, I mean, that sounds very threatening. Like he's going to, he's going to let the baby die at, at, you know, at least if not actively kill it. Yeah. That so, does not sound good. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's bad. But after question, I mean, Mason questions his own faith at this point in the, in the, uh, in the scene, but he gets past that. He says, I, you know what? I know there's got to be a God because there's the devil. I think you're the effing devil. Marty. <laughs> I do love that. It really changes. Because uh, Marty was trying to tell me, like, you know, there is a God, Mason, right? And like, you know, he's trying to be yeah. all supportive. And that really just, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. what do you do if someone says that to you and walks? I'm like, I, I do believe in God or in my faith because you're the devil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I, you know, I think at that point I cut my losses and say, all right, uh, I'm done with this guy. Yeah. I tried. I didn't kill his wife. Yeah. I didn't kill his wife. I did everything, everything I could to help him. They warned him to keep selling the drugs. Yep. Yep. Well, Marty's out of there and he calls Wendy and he tells their, uh, tells her that they have to keep the keep to the plan. They have to keep going. They have to stay away. Wendy apologizes, and, and, and Marty tells her that it was. She apologizes for the affair. Marty tells her it wasn't your fault. They, they, you know, they that he wasn't present, uh, and they both cry. And, and Mar- Wendy says she doesn't want to hang up, so Marty just hangs up. It's it's, oh, it's really the feelers right there. Oh, it's. I mean, it's it's rough. They they're both. They're both in tears. I mean, it, it's really there's this is a these are complicated emotions. Yeah, you know, when, like yeah, when Marty says a bit of like not wanting to talk to your kids and the, you know. Oh yeah. Through, oh, yeah. I, I know, I know, but I mean, there's there's all this all this you know affection and love here, but there's also this this undertow of betrayal. 
you know, the, the Marty was, was not emotionally available for, for Wendy once he started laundering and that led to an affair uh, and, and like just a, a hatred for each other almost, but there's still love and there's still affection and there's still so much care and regard. Uh, it's just, it's a, it's a lot. It's really complicated. Yeah. And I think these these two, uh, Jason Bateman and Laura Linney, are, are just so good in these roles that they, to, I, I don't know how you pull that off. That's just so many emotions you have to pull off all at once. But anyway, th- good for them. They're awesome. So Charlotte says to Wendy, I know you're just trying to take us someplace safe, but that place doesn't exist. We should at least stay together. Now that's, you know, for a 15-year-old, that's really insightful. No, I think she just wants to stop driving around. Oh, she's just sick. Of, she's a little car sick, maybe. She, she says something about, you know, we've been driving for days. But yeah. has it been days? Uh, <laughs> it's only been one day, right? Yeah, as far as I can tell, it's only been yeah. one day. She said we've been driving for days. And I was like, wait, though. Like, I, as far as we know, it's only been one night. It's been one I day. I mean... I think you can just chalk this up to teenage hyperbole. <laughs> That's I mean, what I mean. I think I think yeah. <laughs> I think Charlotte's showing her head here. She's just really yeah. sick of she just wants even though it's not really no Chicago anymore, whatever. I just want to like mm-hmm. be home, but no. I yeah. mean it's also a sweet sentiment. But you know, honestly, I think she's got a great point. There really is not a safe place. They will be found wherever they go by somebody, whether it's you know, Dell's people or uh, the Snell's people or no, I don't the think FBI. This is, I don't think that's necessarily true. You don't? No, I don't mean, I don't think there's any guarantee that they'll be found. No. Uh, I think they'll always be looking over their shoulders. I don't think they'll ever get oh, comfortable. That's, oh, that's true. I, I won't refute that. Yeah, 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 they'll certainly always yeah. be looking over their shoulders. Whether or not they're yeah. found, I don't know. Because I could buy that they get Marty and they're okay with that. They'll okay. Well, maybe, but but I, I think Charlotte's point is just that we're never going to feel safe, so can't we at least be together? And I think that you know, that's, obviously that that that, that, stri- that strikes a big chord with Wendy because she turns them around. But you know, what Charlotte goes on to say, "I'm old enough to make this decision for myself. You made us adults the second you told us what Dad was doing," which is another great point. Good for you, Charlotte. Call out your mom on that. You know, if you didn't tell us, then we could still be innocent kids. You want to hear a bad point, though? What? When Jonah, you know, he kind of reveals how he doesn't want to be Mike Fleming. But it's like, you know, you want to know I don't (laughs) want to be Mike Fleming? Because then Jonah Bird is dead. I I, I rolled my eyes. I was like, like, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, your name's just kind of dead, but you're alive, Jonah. Like, this this Uh. is not your, you are not your name. You are you. The name just. Yeah. I was like, come on, Jordan. Let's not get too, yeah. let's not get too dramatic about this, okay? This is a tremendous Whatever, display of... Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a tremendous dis- display of maturity by Charlotte and uh, definite evidence that Jonah is not nearly so mature. <laughs> it's just... He's always talking about the bike flipping part. <laughs> yeah, I know. Exactly. But it's also kind of a stark reminder that, you know, this kid who pulled the trigger on a... a, a uh, I don't know... Uh, what do you call it? An enforcer of the Mexican drug cartel yeah. uh, is also still just a kid. You know? Yeah, yeah. Who's concerned about his name? 
So yeah, I I I I see your point, and, and I definitely can see eyes roll back in the head for that line. But I do think that there is the, the a point of juxtaposition there that is useful to the. Oh story. yeah, no, it's fine that Jonas says that he's a young kid. Yeah. I just I just think it's, I just <laughs> I don't I would if if he was like eighteen or even like seven, if he was older and saying that I'd be like, come on. Like that's that's your argument for not wanting to run off. You don't want yeah. Jonah Bird to die. Like, yeah. Come on. I know. It's... I know. Oh, I don't even know if I want to talk about this next scene. This is just this is the worst. Like I I had so much trouble watching this. This is Mason pulls the baby out of the the car the carrier that he has and, and just like basically chucks the carrier away. Uh, and brings the baby down to the lake. Oh, man. Brings the baby down to the lake and just holds the baby underwater. It is just... I, it's so disturbing to watch. Like, I, I, I just... I didn't like Mason before. Now I really don't like Mason. <laughs> and, uh, you know, thankfully, eventually he pulls the baby out and baptizes the baby instead. Uh, so I, I guess... Uh, but it, clearly, his intention was not to go down there and baptize the baby. No, it's just he was what he was signaling uh, his prior yeah. scene. So. Not only the prior scene, but the fact that he discards the carrier and the fact that when he's holding the baby under, he doesn't even look at the baby. He just looks out at the horizon. Just, or not the horizon, but, you know, the lake. Yeah. He just looks out at the lake and isn't even looking at the baby and holds the baby under for way longer than you would need to do to baptize a baby he wants to really make sure oh my god this guy I, i'm i'm done talking about this scene unless there's something you want to add oh no no we can move on all right good so uh we kind of get a little montage here to, to end the episode uh we see petty making a fly in the wreckage of his hotel room uh which is just him paying homage to russ you know this is uh, he, they, there were actual feelings it would seem between him and russ uh you know then we see marty laying on the trampoline and paying homage to the life that he had and lost uh ruth and wyatt are hanging out with the bobcats paying homage to to russ and, and boyd uh, and they say, oh, I love you, which is nice. Uh, and then finally, last thing we get to see is Wendy and the kids come back home and embrace Marty. Uh, and that's that's all we get for the episode. Very, the very good episode. I'm trying to think. Mm -hmm. uh, what are the negatives that might stop this from a 10? So, um, Mason actually, holding a baby underwater. No, no, I'm down. I, I don't hate the episode <laughs> for that. I don't hate the episode for that. Okay. And in fact, actually, these might be the best Mason scenes of the entire um stuff. He, he, You're absolutely right. This is, this is the best Mason episode of the season, and maybe of the whole series. Um, things things of the ending. It's a very big cliffhanger ending. Uh, in terms of because it's basically saying, well. We know the cartel is going to be an issue next season, right? Like something's going to go mm -hmm. on here, uh, mm -hmm. and it looks like the birds are screwed, right? What's what? What? What are they going to do about this? So, yep. kind of a cliffhanger, 
Uh, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I have a cliffhanger for a season ending. Yeah, I'm trying to think if it's a big enough of a cliffhanger. And I don't think it is. I don't think it's a big See, enough I, cliffhanger. I think this is just right. Oh, this, sorry. This is, sorry. Uh, yeah. So when, when I say not like a big, I mean, it's not a bad one. Like, like this, right. is, this is a good okay. cliffhanger. I'm saying hey, this is, this is acceptable. This is a, yeah. this is a good one. Yes. This is, this is like, okay, this, this is, I want more because I want to know more about that stuff. But I can take a break from Ozark and not feel like I, I didn't, like I, I, I wasted a season. And not, nah, that's an exaggeration. You know, I'm just thinking about the lost season one finale where it was like, oh my God, all this did was raise more questions. It didn't even answer anything. So, and uh, some things. Mm, marginally. <laughs> so, uh, uh, whereas this, this episode, does kind of put a button on a lot of parts of the of the story but it leaves a lot of things open uh, and ready to go it's a great setup for season two yeah you know i don't uh, there's not really any scenes i greatly dislike maybe some of the early mason scenes just because i didn't care mm-hmm. for them but mm-hmm. Even those aren't too bad, especially with what happens later on. So I, you know, I'll, I'll give it a ten. It, it gets a ten. I'll, I'll give it. Yeah, a 10. It's a, I said I would, so I'll give yeah, it the ten. It's, it's, it's a, it is. I think it's a ten. I do. Um, the reason it's not my favorite uh, episode is, uh, there's obviously not enough Ruth, Ruth in it. <laughs> there's, there's really not. There's very little Ruth in this episode. Um, but the other thing that's so iconic to me about season one of Ozark is that ladder. Like the uh, when I I mean that's that's the, uh, the really when I think about season one of Ozark the first thing I think about is Dell's head getting blown off the second thing I think about is the ladder yes and yeah. so so yeah and 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 I I love that that's like my favorite thing in season one is that whole oh, Russ it's so Ruth, good it's like oh. Because the whole it's, time it's when I was watching, it's like, is Ruth going to flip on her family? Is she? Because I, I didn't think she would. I was like, there's no way she'd yeah. flip on her family. But it kind of looks like she might be. They're, they're yeah. nodding at it, and she does. Yeah. Oh. Yep. So, so that's 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 why that one's ranked higher to me than this one. Uh, but this is still a great episode. It's yeah, spectacular. I completely agree. I agree. This is a great episode. Last one, even better, but mm-hmm. still, this one, really good. Yep. Uh, but in any case, Mr. Sal, yes, have, you checked, have you checked the time? Oh, hold on, let me check my watch. <gasps> Kurt, it's TV time. <gasps> Yay, TV time. <laughs> Yay. I, I, I suspect this will be a pretty easy TV time. I don't. I would think so. I, I'd be shocked <laughs> if it wasn't. I mean, actually, I think the hardest thing. Well, what do you think the hardest thing is going to be? I don't know. I feel like neither thing will be hard. So I. I uh okay. well, are, are counting emotions like just for the rating and then the nah guess, forget maybe, the emotions whatever. definitely gets the there's, people but the, the, the there's some be five yes five eighty four percent yeah that's what you want to see right there that's good eighty four percent and of course i gave it a five as well yeah that's good so th- this is definitely the hardest part here is the the character um I you know I, I didn't I, I I hadn't thought of the 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 sad vote the the guilt vote so now this is much harder than I thought it was the the homage vote like I for oh. my vote to this episode now I was gonna say like you know I feel like clearly it's got to be Marty 
But like mm-hmm. I'd vote Dell now. I'm part of that, you know, the the, <laughs> the pink tribute vote. So I would I'd vote I'd vote Dell. The in memoriam uh, vote. <laughs> so I'd vote Dell. I think yeah. people said Marty still though. And I think you said let me think. I th- I I'm trying to think if you said any of the Snells. Like I, I think it's not unreasonable to say Dell either of the Snells or uh marty yeah uh i feel like i feel like you you kind of have that vibe with you don't really want to uh go with the big group right mm-hmm. or not even that case you just don't always want to vote for marty right you just, yeah so i'm wondering if that i don't think ruth's really deserves that all this episode uh i i agree ruth couldn't uh, look she's second according to the audience i'll tell you you were right about the audience the audience had 85 percent marty yeah and then ruth was second at four percent which i think is too high is i don't know high. why i don't know why she's second here um she's got her own fan club i really don't know which one you put with i'll say you put marty but i won't be surprised if you put one of the styles i did put marty okay that's amazing good for you i really really thought about clicking on jacob for sure Oh wow! So okay, that wasn't uh, too. Okay, yeah, I, it was. I mean, and Dell, the, the Jacob and Dell were were very close to. I'm disgusted to, by the the no support group for Dell here. I know, Dell the... got only two percent. He was number six. Come on, people. Yeah. Pay some respect. Seriously, pay some respect. Dell was a great character. Okay. Oh, unbelievable that's, uh, that's very very sad to hear but i think that's um yeah i mean i'm okay with marty winning it he's definitely like the most mm-hmm. interesting of the help so that's definitely fine uh and even by that much but i feel like definitely not ruth in second so or at least no. dell if he uh just for his uh memorial vote okay glad glad yeah. i guess glad i guess too so to, to round it out here, it was Marty, 85%, then Ruth, 4%. Third place was Wendy, 3%, which, I, again, I, I think I, that's I too high. Over, yeah, I won't put her over yeah. some of the others we listed, yeah. Yeah, uh, Darlene is next at 2%. Uh, Jonah is after that. He, he is what? fifth at 2%. <laughs> the might, what? I, 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 I wait, okay wait, with wait. that. Oh, yeah, I completely forgot about him. And uh, the gun scene. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. Pretty big, that's pretty I'm big okay. Part. I'm okay yeah, with that. Yeah. <laughs> Dell comes in sixth at two percent, followed by Buddy. Ah, I was about to say Buddy. Buddy wouldn't be. Yeah. Would, Buddy would be an interesting one. You learn a bit. You learn more about him. Uh, yeah. You, and like I said, I I definitely put into question his past. You know what what has he done? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. And Buddy at one percent, and then the last uh, person to get one percent of the vote is Charlotte. Meh, nah. So, yeah. Now, uh, J- Jacob gets zero percent, which I think is criminal. That is criminal. That is yeah. criminal. He should be on par with about Darlene. I know. I wish I could. I wish I could. I wish I could rank them. <laughs> or he was their voting like, system was better. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Or at least you know, give us your top three or something. I don't know. Anyway, vote multiple times. Right choice voting. But anyway, well. Folks, that will wrap up season one of Ozark, at least the pre-spoiler period of season one of Ozark. 
it will wrap that up. We'll wrap that up. Uh, if you folks want to email us, you can email us at showhopperspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, please do share the podcast. Please do give us your beautiful five-star ratings. Uh, and please do uh, subscribe, download, and keep listening. We're looking forward to talking about season two of Ozark, but we are going to take a, a one-week break to talk to just go reflect and look back on season one anything else you want to say before we sign off uh into the spoilers section here uh, nope not, nothing to really dad okay folks enjoy the recap next week and we'll be back after that with season two of ozark looking forward to it and now it's time to enter the spoiler zone I, I think it's a Twilight Zone, even though I don't think that's yeah. a Twilight Zone theme. Um, no, Twilight, Twilight Zone theme, I think it was. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Spot on. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the one thing that I, that I noticed, I mean, we can use this time as kind of a preview of season two if you want. But one thing that I wanted to bring up that, that really struck me was uh, seeing Petty interact with Rachel here. Because we know that in season two, Petty gets to Rachel and she becomes an informant for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, she's she's kind of absent for the beginning of season two, and it's a, kind of a big deal that she comes Returns, back. Yeah, yeah. So you know, very deeply addicted to some kind of drugs. I don't remember which. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't remember either. She her addiction she, lies. She certainly had enough money to fund her addiction, though. Yeah, I'm trying to think uh, if there's anything else super noteworthy. We get introduced to Helen next season, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah I, I thought maybe she got introduced just in this last episode, but uh, but I guess I was wrong. I, I'm not sure how deep into the season Helen gets introduced, though. Yeah, me either, but I'm excited to see Helen. Yeah, for sure. Especially as what sure. we know in season three about her. Uh, mm-hmm. Helen's definitely an exciting uh, prospect mm-hmm. to see. Uh, Evan, or well, yeah, Petty's whole, you know, it, it's a weird because every season is just a rage based season, it feels like for the FBI now. So, like, so mm-hmm. due to season one now, Petty is rage filled, right? He's got he's got vengeance oh, in yeah. his heart. Um, and then mm-hmm. eventually, you know, when he falls, then Evans now has vengeance in his heart. And I actually, yeah. I really thought in season three it would end with Evans' death, and then someone else would have vengeance in their heart. <laughs> I was like, oh, I feel like there's a pattern starting here. <laughs> yeah, but, no, I don't think so. No, I don't, I don't that's think so. the case, but, but yeah. so yeah. yeah, that's I'm okay with that. Uh, mm-hmm. Especially because that really uh, dies off the the petty storyline. Which you know what? I'll be honest, I'm actually liking the petty storyline quite a bit than what I it's a, it, I, I, I it, do like the pace story like like it, it's been it's doing pretty okay it's gotten a lot better i would say now uh, i think it might get a lot worse us. i'm not I'm, I'm not gonna say it's gonna stay this great but i'm uh yeah i'm happy with how i i i, I remembered it worse than it's been so far like i've mm-hmm. Well, so here's the thing though i think that so um, a lot of the reason i like the petty storyline in season one is because i love russ i think he's uh, such a great character russ is really Uh, a great character yeah and without russ i think the petty storyline kind of falls a little flatter uh because it it was russ to me that buoyed that story up 
So I, I, I can agree with that. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah. I think just someone just vengeance based does not make for a super interesting uh thing. Like it's, it's not a super interesting character. Most the vengeance, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, it, it depends, but if Patty goes into season two, and I'm trying to remember the Patty scenes more, and I I'm, I'm having difficulty. Which which might I mean, be a he's, bad thing. He, He's he, he's using Rachel as an informant, and he's yeah. really like super. He's crazy, uh, about abusive to to Rachel. Like, yeah. it's awful. It's awful. So I I I think he'll be worse in season two than season one of a uh, yeah. How I feel on him. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but season one, yeah. Petty, not 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 as terrible as I remember. So that's yeah. great. Still respect yeah. the move for them to uh, kill off Dell. Really liked him as a character. Absolutely, I think, yeah. I think it's a hard thing to do. Hmm. Uh, absolutely uh and you know Cade leaves ruth with the we're gonna talk in person well Cade's getting out of prison next season yeah so and, i mean so is is that is that what he tells her when they meet that he's gonna be getting what, out soon i'm just curious though like, I, um i don't, I I don't, I don't think it's out but i don't yeah i i don't remember i don't remember that but i mean i i, I know he's getting out and yes. that's that's a primary uh He's one of the primary antagonists in season two. So for pretty much everybody. Yeah. <laughs> he pretty so much antagonizes like, everybody. He's playing everyone. <laughs> yeah. Kate's Kate's trying to he's trying to do everything at the same time. He's like Bruce. He's like a he's like an Ozark yeah. Bruce trying to play everyone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so there's that. I, I mean I I'm I, I called attention to it earlier in this episode, just how in sync Jacob and Darlene are. They they work in different ways, but they do everything together. Uh, and, and we know how that's going to end in season two with Darlene yeah. killing Jacob, which is just heartbreaking. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sink uh, no more. No, no, definitely not. You know, th- there is uh, a whole bunch of Mason stuff in season two uh, because I, I shouldn't say there's a whole bunch. It's like a two episode arc, I think. I can't remember how much there is. I just know he becomes homeless, kind of preaches on the streets, has a baby well, with mm-hmm. the baby, um, and well, the big climax he... ending of it when he kidnaps Wendy. And... You know, I don't, I'm not sure, but I don't think that's the end of the season. I think that's like episode five or six. Yeah, no, but I'm just saying the climax to like his storyline. Yeah. yeah, right, right, right. Yes. But yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't really remember. Because then there's the whole then they have Zeke. Cause yeah, because season three's beginning talks like they don't have zeke anymore and they have zeke for quite a while and uh right yeah so so right yeah so darlene has zeke in season three so yeah it's definitely during the mid-season when that kind of finishes off which is yeah that's fine yeah season season two is when julia garner won her first emmy award for playing ruth uh and ozark and and she i mean this is as far as i'm concerned season two is ruth's season so definitely that, a lot that, more Ruth, definitely a lot more Wendy. Yeah. It's a lot, it's a lot less Marty. Not saying yep. no Marty, still a lot of yep. them, but way more of yep. a Wendy and Ruth. Yep. Uh and, and it's it's my favorite Ruth season. Just the, the the fact that she's got her father there. And I mean, if you thought she was torn before between Marty and you know Russ and Boyd, you know, it, it is so much worse when she's has to kind of navigate the birds and her father so yeah, yeah it, it's it's going to be something to watch I, I'm, I'm i'm excited about that yeah i'm excited to I, see that. well i don't want to force the spoiler section any further than uh, you know if we if we 
if nothing's coming naturally, we, we can just call it here and, and we'll look forward to season two. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything else. Uh, I'm curious to see what Buddy's done in his past. I know we've talked about this a bit before on, mm-hmm. you know, how much he did. I, he, he was he was in the union line of work yeah. before. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, I, I question how I dirty he was. Yeah, I know. Well, you I don't think, don't think, I don't think we get a lot of details. I, I, yeah. I, I think that, you know, we know he had an affair with Frank Cosgrove's wife. Like yeah. that, that we know, but but that's about it well and i know i used to because we having watched this through now for a second time mm-hmm. right we've re, i've realized at least what i missed the first time around especially oh, i mean yeah. the big one the biggest one being how much time did we spend lamenting <laughs> about uh the whole um you know how did petty know to pick us situation oh my god i know <laughs> that, that <laughs> terrible but uh, you know but like what he said this episode with the the body you know the floating the lung thing that especially to mm-hmm. me, like huh that's a really um that's just a fun fact you know but he said something else earlier in the season too about them watermelons they blow up like human oh, heads yeah. kind of right yeah yeah so same water content yeah yeah same water content kind of so it's it's these little things he says where it's kind of like something related yeah. to killing people or people dying it's like huh yeah you don't you don't want to put a body in the lake even if you puncture the lungs they sometimes float back up yeah it's like either you know these fun facts or or i'm gonna go towards it as like you know but he's definitely done some, you know, not clean things in his lifetime. And I, I just, yeah. and I, I know they don't go into it too much in depth, yep. but I'm just curious to see how many little, you know, things he uh, shines through. So, and I'm sure season mm-hmm. two, there'll probably be some more of those little moments, but I, I do want to yeah. keep an eye on those. Yeah. You know, you know what else I just thought of? It's interesting hearing Charlotte say in this episode, you know, there's no place that's safe. So can't we at least be together? Uh, and then we know that in season two, she's going to try to emancipate herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, that's um, true. <laughs> I, more of a reason, more of a reason for her to think, I just want to get home. My stuff's home. You guys took my phone. <laughs> Don't want to become whatever her new name is. So there you go. <laughs> exactly. So, well, we'll, we'll be, ex- we'll be looking forward to it. I'm excited to watch season two. I, I, I love season two. It's, it's, you know, a, one viewing through having watched the whole series once through I, I remember season two as my favorite season of ozark but we'll see if it holds up that we will all right kurt i don't have anything else to say to you no um no okay well then we will sign off folks thank you so much for listening uh we look forward to talking to you next week when we'll be recapping season one and ranking the episodes from 10 to 1